When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. It's week 11 and it's rank time. It's Brandon, it's Jake, I'm the Welsh, and today on the episode, we've got all the stuff for you, just like Jake has over at The Athletic, where you can check out his article where you can get starts, sits, possible starts. You can get some suggestions on buy lows, full ranks, and even a list of the greatest TV and maybe movie bullies, which I actually very much enjoyed jake i enjoyed your list i actually am more curious what even sparked the idea to write a list of 20 of the greatest tv and movie bullies of all time i didn't read you didn't read the yeah yeah, didn't read the intro (laughs) i did not read the intro i immediately there you go i i I got i know jake so well i knew exactly where he was gonna go with that answer (laughs) i'm looking right now yep didn't read the very first (laughs) sentence it goes, thanks to at underscore JDS underscore JDS for this idea. I joked that Rashad White took Quandre Diggs lunch money in Germany, and he responded by asking for the top TV movie bullies of all time. And you came up with quite the list. And I got to be honest with you, I'm a little bit jealous because as I went through it, I was like, dang, I never would have even thought of him. Like you brought <laughs> Doug back into it. Never would have thought of Doug. The Mean Girls one also hit really hard with Regina. I just don't think I would have gone there. So I just really appreciated the list, though I did not read the lead up. Paragraph. You didn't read it. Yeah, so there you go. So uh, credit to the person who asked for it. Yes, of course, Biff is number one. No doubt about it. Like somebody even just said it in the comments. I just came here to just to make sure Biff was number one. But yeah, Roger Klotz, man, the dude is like four years older than everybody on Doug. The guy I, I referenced it legitimately just showed up to Doug's house one day to say, you suck dancing. Like they're just like, that's that's <laughs> how much of a bully he was. He's just like, that's what he did. He just walked around and wanted to bully people. But uh, Nelson once made the top five. Uh, the actor who played Debo uh, passed away. Was it last year? Um, Debo made top five, of course. But yeah. It was kind of like a fun list because a lot of it's a lot of it's humorous too. Like somebody said, what about uh, Newman? I said, you know what? I thought about Newman, but he's such a comedic character overall that like there's some in there like, you know, White Goodman from Dodgeball. Like I almost didn't include him because it's like he's so comedic that it's, you know, how much of the bully is he really? But yeah, it was I had some fun with the list. Like Angelica, I mean, Angelica from Rugrats. I, she's actually part of the team half the time, but she's still a, a jerk. Yeah. O'Banion, I was actually also- O'Banion is the best bully, and I love that you had him in there. And I had to go look because, honestly, I don't know if there's a bigger Dazed and Confused fan out there than than I am. And I've read, like, the making of the thing, and I did not know his first name was Fred. I, had, I was editing this. Somebody in the comments said they didn't know his first name was Fred, too. I think in the making of book that I read, they never even mentioned that his name was Fred. They just called him O'Banion. But obviously, it's uh, like Ben Affleck's like one of like his very, very first um, roles ever. And he was awesome as a bully. He was like just like just straight, you know, pound for pound bullying, you know, for the amount of time he was on screen was it was awesome. 
I will say, and not to inflate Jake's ego anymore on this, but there, there is a bit of genius to this because the genius is the very last one. And I'm just going to read it. It is the O'Doyles from Billy Madison because O'Doyle <laughs> rules. And the line is generation of bullies all taken out in one random car accident. That is <laughs> genius. So go and check it out. Go check. You can go there and check out your articles and ranks and stuff if you want. But go there for the bully list because it is something. It is something else. It's probably my favorite of them. And one of those where, like I said, you look and you're like, all right, I wouldn't have even thought of these names. And it was pretty good. So you guys can check that out and you can get all of your ranks, all of your starts, all of your sits, your buys and sells that go and do that. But we are going to talk about some of that for week 11 as we are going to set up we got a couple headline here before we get into the actual ranks. And this one, I'm dying to know where you guys are at on this. For Adam Schefter and, you know, the weather, uh, forecasts are calling for snow totals of three to six feet by Sunday in Buffalo. And they are also saying this is including thunder snow. I've never heard this term, probably because uh, I'm a West Coast person. Thunder snow. Uh, <laughs> I've never ever heard of thunder snow, but apparently that's a thing. Uh, the, uh, in the in the report, it said last time the uh, snow forced the NFL to move a game out of Buffalo was 2014 when it was the Jets and the Bills. They had played Monday night and they went in Detroit. And the NFL is monitoring the situation to potentially maybe move this. So, Jake, what do you think? What do you even do? If this game were to be played and let's say it's somewhere between a measly one and two feet of snow and there is thunder snow and it's actually played. So it all just comes down to what's happening at the game time like this. I even put this as my pin comment because I have a link to the one on one which talks about weather with rain, precipitation, wind, all the type of stuff like so really, really comes down to is if it's cleared out, like there's a chance it's not definitive because weather changes, but there's reports that the snow could be done by game time, even a few hours before on Sunday. And if it is and it's plowed out and the field is clear, this means nothing. It does. Nothing. Like the weather ticks down the passing game a little bit, but the temperature really needs to coincide with wind or precipitation to be a significant factor. Uh, it's interesting how the run game, when it's 90 plus, will take a dive, which makes sense because they get tired. Passing game takes a little bit of a dive once it's sub 30. So that's where it comes into play. If there's snow during the game, that's where you get concerned. Uh, I don't know how far I would go. I had this discussion with Meany on All in Football, and we both kind of settled in that range of, you know, Burrow, Herbert, P Prescott, you could probably play, but probably stop right there with Josh Allen. Like, I would still play Josh Allen over Daniel Jones. I would still play Josh Allen over Jimmy Garoppolo, unless it is the thundersnow during the game. If it's full-on heavy snow during the game, like it just everybody who's watched football, LaShawn McCoy a couple years ago, that LaShawn McCoy snow game, that's when you say, you might bench Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, and everybody. Though, I'd be a little more lenient with Stefan Diggs because all it takes is one five-yard slant similar to a running back when the defenders can't do anything, and he's gone. That, that's really what it comes down to. The risk is that he doesn't even get but one catch for like 10 yards. The, the one interesting thing is, I don't know if you guys paid attention or watched any of it, the Maction game on Wednesday, Central Michigan and Western Michigan, it was like an absolute snow game. It looked like at least a foot and a half of snow. It was blizzarding through there. And I feel like that was like an interesting, like introspective of like what you might see. And what you saw actually a lot of was like short five yard passing routes. And right. you saw a lot of quarterback scrambling that was going on. So unfortunately, when you see the thunder snow and all of this 
You just don't a hundred percent know where we're going to be able to go with the offense on it. Brayden, do you feel any different? Do you feel tentative about, you know, waiting until it's game time to make any decisions? Are you making any preemptive stuff? I mean, this game could get moved or the snow could be plowed out, which could be completely irrelevant. But if there is serious snow, you know, who are you? Are you looking at benching anyone significant? Yeah, I think you're going to have to run this up to Sunday morning because right now I'm looking at the weather report and it shows snow on Saturday. But to Jake's point, like if it's not snowing on Sunday, they'll have the field clear. It, the high is supposed to be 28 degrees, so it's going to be cold. And yeah, I'm leaning in. Cleveland's going to lean into the run. They want to lean into the run anyway. So like that's just kind of going to fit right at their wheelhouse. Buffalo, you know, Josh Allen in 28 degrees rolling off the end is not going to be a fun chore in that kind of a environment for defenders. So like, I mean, I, I I'm with Jake. It's like, how low do you go on Stefan Diggs? Even if you are like worried about worried about the weather, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be excited about Amari Cooper. I wouldn't be excited. Even road warrior Donovan people's Jones. I, you know, but Stephon Diggs. What about Gabe Davis? Road I like no way. No, no you're, way. Just gonna, you're just going to let the road warrior comment and just go by. <laughs> <laughs> um no way i gave davis for me uh i don't think uh you know just with his skill set and the, the, the vertical vertical kind of you know prowess like that's not going to really be accentuated but um i'd be interested in devin singletary for sure and i you know that's not saying a whole lot he's probably i could i could be tempted on gabe davis because if he if his speed makes the defender slip in the snow and then he's got, but that's what i mean you're talking probably gabe davis what he's been for most of the season but even worse a zero or a 15. And that's really what you're looking at. You know, the reason I say that fun is because we have seven top 20 wide receivers on a buy and then lost Cooper cup. There are eight top 20 wide receivers, not playing this Jeez. week. It's, it's a terrible Jeez. week for wide receiver. Cause somebody asked me about that. Like Cortland Sutton, your top 15. I'm like, look, go down the list. We're missing eight people. He should be at 23, 24, but it's a terrible week. Yeah. That's we know. why that, that'll come out to play in my dart throw at wide receiver. So we'll, okay. we'll we know. talk a little bit more about that. <laughs> We will not talk about Naheem Hines on this podcast or someone will get yelled yes. at. So we won't talk about him in this game. We'll move I'm on. Annoyed you even brought him up, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can tell. I can already see it in your face. Um, uh, Do they have Naheem Hines Funkos? I'm getting Funkos one for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great present. That would be. Um, a couple other pieces here. There's a lot of quarterback stuff. Uh, Taylor Heineke has officially been slated to start. Carson Wentz is not ready. The Saints have announced that Andy Dalton is going to be their starting quarterback. And Matthew Stafford has cleared protocols and is going to start for the Rams. Brandon, is there any of those quarterback moves that has any significance in your eyes as far as uh, a little part of me in deep, deep throws? Maybe Andy Dalton might be something this week, even though he's eh. Matthew Stafford comes back to a, a, a zombie corpse of wide receivers that he's going to attempt to get completions on. Is any of these quarterback clearances or starts do anything for you? Well, I'm just like, I couldn't get past the first thing you said, which to me, I would throw air quotes around Carson Wentz isn't ready. Like the way Washington's been playing right now, do you think we're going to get this kind of a tagline every week that <laughs> uh, Carson Wentz is still not quite there? Oh, by the way, Taylor Heineke won another game. You know, like I just kind of feel like they're, they're not into Carson Wentz as long as Taylor Heineke and this Washington team continues the momentum that they've showed, you know, and I, why would you like when you say Carson Wentz is actually healthy, then it's like, Oh, they're actually officially benching him now. Um, so I think they're just pushing that narrative off for another week, but I would not be surprised at all behind the scenes if Carson Wentz actually is healthy enough to play and that quarterbacks 
hurt worse have played this year than him. Now, Jake, I could uh, go and look, but we could just talk about it. How would you rank these three quarterbacks this week uh, between Stafford, Dalton, and Heineke? You know, like a real throw-up class of quarterbacks to start for <laughs> fantasy, uh, maybe deep league or probably more like super flex, but how would you sparse these guys out? And it's hilarious putting Stafford into this group of these guys, but might not be too far off. No, and I, I even said on, I think it was Sunday when they were talking about during the broadcast and said there's going to be a question of when Wentz comes back. And I, I even said at the time, if you even go back to Wentz right now, that's just fire the coach. Just fire Ron Rivera. That That's that's a fireable offense at this point. I, I don't even care the fact that, you know, victory lap, the fact that he was no different than Carson Wentz is even better for this team when I said that all offseason. It's his personality. Like, look at how fired up he got with Brian Robinson getting in the end zone. Look at how fired up he was when he took the knee and got the penalty at the end of the game to win it. Like, there's, Funston's mentioned this with other players before. There's something to be said for what a player can do, like, like not play-wise to inspire the team. Like, just personality. Like, the, the fire underneath is loins, so to speak. I don't know if I go to loins, but maybe. <laughs> belly. You know, belly. I was, I was, yeah, belly, thank my. you. I was like, 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 <laughs> chutzpah. My, might, got, be a little, might be a little dramatic about Above the loins, right, yeah. yeah. But uh, for me, it's Heineke and then a huge gap. And then Dalton Stafford. And da- Dalton Stafford are pretty close. I'd play Dalton over Stafford at this point. Stafford was already broken and not doing much. And now he has no who Cooper Cup. I, I, I don't even know how you want to even play him at this point. Stafford's down at 25, sandwiched between Tannehill and Zach Wilson. That's all you need to know. It, I'm curious to see, because Stafford had such a security blanket with Cooper Cup and was almost just like first look, new, you know. Like I wonder if this could, in a weird way, sort of help this offense a little bit uh, just to kind of look to diversify. I mean, because it's just, it was a one-trick offense the whole time. Is he time. coming back to play offensive line? Yeah, no, that's that's absolutely <laughs> that is absolutely the, the, the major issue here. The only other note that I've got for you until we get into the ranks is if you got uh, Tony Pollard might come back just a tiny bit because it looks like Zeke is trending in the right direction to start, which we already know that we'll go back into Zeke starting and they'll get back into a split. Doesn't mean either is going to be invaluable or anything like that, but the days of the Tony Pollard top 10 if Zeke is there is probably going to come back down. So those are a couple of notes that you guys can sit on. We were just talking about quarterbacks, so let's talk about some more quarterbacks for Week 11. A quarterback that you like more than anyone else. Obviously, we know who the top guys are, Jake, but who's a quarterback that's a little bit further that you like more than anyone else for Week 11? Uh, I can't believe two weeks in a row. But, hey, look, fringe QB1, two weeks in a row, I'm probably going to get here with Daniel Jones. Uh, Look, fantasy doesn't mean I have to like him in real life, but QB13 finished last week. Very similar expected game plan this week. Uh, He's not running as much. But the Lions are one of the best matchups you can find, especially on the ground. And I don't think they're going to ask Daniel Jones to pass much. This is just run all over the Lions the entire game. Saquon Barkley should be the number one because 30 touches in this game, like just incoming. And Daniel Jones will get some of his on the ground. The thing that you hope is he's efficient and gets two touchdowns, but maybe it's one and one's on the ground. But that's really what it comes down to. The Lions have actually allowed four games of over 40-plus rushing yards to quarterbacks, including Aaron Rodgers. So... That's that's real where I'm going with Daniel Jones this week. Let me ask you this real quick. Uh, let's assume he's good to go, which is not a, a definitive. I didn't put this in the news. Uh, Kyler Murray. He's got a 49er matchup. Kyler Murray or Daniel Jones. I already answered it. Daniel Jones. I, ha- I have Kyler Murray in my ranks at 11. I would play yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo over Kyler Murray. I don't I don't like the matchup. I don't like that. He's not 100 percent. I just there's not. 
I, maybe you might get me a little bit to have an interesting conversation if Marquise Brown is not only designated but active in his first game because that means similar to the other players we've seen, like Gus Edwards, like active there, about act, first game back, Cordero Patterson. Uh, wide receiver, if he's back, first game back, he's out there and active. It makes me tell, like, makes me think Mark, Mark, mm, Marquise Brown is mostly good to go. So maybe then I start to think about it, but I still don't love the matchup, but I still don't love that Kyler Murray's original timetable set about another week or two. Yeah, and it's a, it's a horrific matchup with the 49ers regardless. Brandon, a uh, quarterback in week 11 that you like more than anyone else? Uh, well, Marcus Mariota, like, he needs to be in the top 10. I think his, his ECR was 13 or 14, but... I mean, you look at Tua and Gino out, there's just no way you can't have this guy in the top 10. I mean, this is going to be a, oh, hey, hey, world, I can run the football too at, between him and Justin Fields. Like, I think it's going to be a, a a little bit of back and forth on this. But you look at Mariotti, he's basically averaging right at 40 yards uh, rushing per game over the last five weeks. So basically the equivalent of a passing touchdown. And his last three games has actually been the most pass attempts in a three-game span of the year besting his first three games of the year he's getting you know i think last game he had 30 pass attempts it's the bears the bears have been a lot better on offense but they're still a a, you know a suspect defense so um i think mariota has to be in your top 10 uh daniel jones or mariota do you have mariota higher than daniel jones Mm, i think daniel jones would probably just win out because the matchup is better and and he's running he's actually running just as much as mariota if not i think over the last five weeks, Daniel Jones was slightly ahead of Mariota on the rushing yards. On total points for, or actually points per game for the last month, Daniel Jones is the 10th scoring quarterback in fantasy. Marcus Merida, the 18th scoring quarterback in fantasy. So obviously you can play matchups. Both have been in that. Mariota just always kills me because he just, they just don't throw. They just don't throw at all and the trustworthiness of him. But no, nah, Daniel Jones doesn't throw. Nobody throws anymore. Nobody throws. We can do it on the ground. Uh, Justin Fields, the leader of the pack on there. Let's go over to running backs then. So we've got two for your week 11. We've got a running back that you like more than anyone else as your start. And we've got a dart throw for your dart. So Brandon, we will uh, toss it to you to kick us off for RBs. Yeah, just give me the Kansas City backfield. And that doesn't include CEH. Uh, if we're assuming the usage pattern is going to continue, which where CEH was basically relegated to wallflower uh last last time out so first of all you, you get the chiefs playing the chargers chargers give him a 5.7 yards per carry to the running back position which is the worst in the league so pacheco had the 16 carries last week good chance we could see a similar volume this week it does nothing in the passing game that's where my dart will be Jarek mckinnon who is averaging over 40 yards per game through the air in his last four games he is the clear receiving back here Pacheco, kind of the main ball carrier, and CEH is left out in the cold, but just a great matchup. Um, last time against the Chargers, CEH put up like a hundred, like his best game of the year. He had like 70 rushing, 40 receiving uh, scored. So if he's out of the equation, it's just more eating for Pacheco and McKinnon. I threw Melvin Gordon as a dart as well. Depends on where you think he's going to be ranked, but I just, the Raiders giving up the most uh, receiving yards to the running back position. That should, that should, you know, work out well for for gordon just a little bit of chase edmonds in the back of my mind saying how much is he going to potentially steal in a second game with the broncos kind of pump and pump the brakes on that a little bit but i don't think he's the worst play as a dart either or as a i really yeah, i really like the pacheco one jake is pacheco a top uh rb2 uh top you know 24 rb for you this week 
Yeah, we, we um, go back to the podcast on Monday. We were uh, saying Pacheco slightly in front of Damian Harris if both were healthy when uh, Fonso was bringing out the comparison, which I thought was really good for that. So, yeah, Pacheco's going to be there for me. I expect them to be and looking at the schedule and control of most of their games going down the stretch. I also would love for people to go and check out because, by the way, when I set up a lot of these, I'm looking at Jake's rank, so I kind of know these when I set up the questions. Um, but there are some... There are some fascinating names behind Pacheco this week that you really would want to see how much trust we're putting in, and which I agree with. I agree with the matchup and the carries, but the names behind him will really give you kind of that eye popping, like, oh, we're at this point of the season without trusting some of these names, like DeAndre Swift, like those type of players. So, Jake, uh, week 11 RB, the start and the dart that you are going to present to us today. Yeah, with Jarek, Jarek McKinnon, J.D. McKissick, same guy, <laughs> just on the mm. Commanders, uh, with J.D. McKissick looking like he's out yet again. Uh, this timeshare between Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson, especially with Tyler Haneke at quarterback, has just been terrific. I mean, we just three or four weeks ago, everybody, and I gave the pass for a lot of people to go ahead and do so with slim benches. Brian Robinson was droppable. I didn't want to drop him because if something happened to Gibson, we knew what could happen. But if you were a slim benches with all those buys, it was like it was a full blown t- committee between all three of them. So now that it's down to a timeshare, and this is very similar to you know the backfields we see like a Pollard and Zeke, where we're getting value out of both, or you know like the old Broncos or whatever it might be. Uh, Brian Robinson can be good just as I have Antonio Gibson higher. Antonio Gibson's been higher. Antonio Gibson's been in the better running back since they went to this timeshare. He he seems to thrive in this role. But Brian Robinson is playable. Uh, Texans allow the most fantasy points per game to running backs. A league high 1,400 yards and 13 rushing touchdowns. Just so you know, the next closest team to give up that amount of rushing yards is 1228. It's almost 200 yards more than the next closest team. So matchup, matchup, matchup against the Texans. So the Hail Mary, uh, Funston brought up their quarterback. Did you know last week, Algier and Cordell Patterson combined for 23 yards because Algier had negative 17 receiving. But I'm okay to go back to him. This is another matchup play. The, the Bears have struggled against running backs all year. Uh, one of the few teams that have already given up double-digit rushing touchdowns. They've given up 12. And you look for potentially both to get in the end zone. And that's what you're kind of playing here. But even if not, they could both have nice RB2 slash three games. And if one of them scores, they'll be top 15. And uh, it, it, that's... Actually, multi, I think there was three or four games where the Bears have given up more than one rushing touchdown to running back. So that's what you're looking for, too. Yeah, the Bears are averaging the fourth most points to starting running backs right now, giving up uh, over a touchdown per game and around 110 yards rushing is what they have got there. Let me ask you this, Brandon, uh, because I can see the the ranks on these. I want to do a couple of Brian Robinson versus Brian Robinson or Ezekiel Elliott. If he does play, who do you like better this week? Uh, if I'm going to go with Zeke because Dallas, you know, when Zeke comes back, Dallas defaults back to Zeke. I just like, um, I just like the offensive upside a little bit better against Minnesota. Brian Robinson or Michael Carter versus New England. I'll go with Michael Carter. I have a feeling he's going to have a big day in the passing game. New England's always been a team that you can leak the running back out and get good yardage. And I just feel like that'll be big for him this week. And then last one, Brian Robinson or Miles Sanders. I'm going to go Miles Sanders. Okay. Yeah. Uh, One of those backs that we talked about, Jake has Brian Robinson over in his ranks. Do you know which one? Uh, I would say it's probably Michael Carter. 
It is. Oh, you know what? I think I lied. I think it's two backs. It's Michael Carter. <laughs> and, but check this out. Ezekiel Elliott, who's lower than Michael Carter. Currently. Uh, ranks change, blah, blah, blah. But currently, no. Brian Robinson over Cur- Ezekiel always, Elliott. Forever. Yeah, well, I'm just, I'm just trying to be very careful about talking about ranks and numbers and stuff like that. But Brian Robinson Minnesota's a Pollard game. Uh, it's, again, at this point, I'm just, Zeke is a touchdown. It, 30, 40 yards, you hope it gets into the end zone. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I sat here weeks ago. I said, if Zeke's healthy, Zeke plays. But... He's also. I think it's. I think that's the, the closest one for me is the Zeke versus Robinson. Like I actually, yeah, I actually feel pretty strongly about Carter over Robinson. Boston Z- Zeke or Damian Harris? If if Damian Harris was hundred <laughs> percent, let's go back to that conversation. Ooh, yeah, I'm genuinely yeah. curious. I'm not saying that to be like, haha, I got you. I'm genuinely curious. I would go Zeke. I again, like Zeke. Zeke. I think because of the passing game work, uh, that would trump it a little bit. Uh, Brian Robinson or Naheem? No, no, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's go over to wide receivers here. And uh, Brandon, we'll start with you. Wide receiver week 11, your start and your dart. What are you doing? Ugh, this is, I'm not going to get excited about either of these names, but I'm like, okay, we're, everybody is kind of like talking about Nico Collins this week, but Brandon Cooks is still out there. He's still the most talented receiver. Uh, every game except for one, he's had four catches. He's basically his floor is 440. And I think against Washington, and I'm a big fan of the hangover game when a team goes out and beats somebody they weren't expecting, um, that you're going to get a little bit of a downturn the next week. I, I have a feeling that uh, Washington lays a little bit more of an egg. I'm not saying they're going to lose, but I'm, they're not going to look like they against Philadelphia, in my, my opinion. But Washington's been susceptible to wide receivers. So is Brandon Cook's floor 550 this week? I think that's reasonable. I think he's a he's a, a fairly safe, maybe not get rich play, but a, just a, you know going to give you a serviceable number kind of a play. Um, and then I'll go Ben Skowernick, who picked up seven targets last week. Matt Stafford's back, had some decent games early on with no Cooper Cup. It's going to take it's going to take a village, but I think Skowernick probably when you look at Allen Robinson and Van Jefferson and Skowernick, Skowernick does more of the Cooper Cup stuff than those other guys. So, you know, and probably the big winner here might be Tyler Higby, but I think some of that could also filter over uh, to Scourinick. So I think he was ECR 55. I'd probably put him closer to like back end or, or mid to back end wide receiver four, closer to that mid forties. Yeah, it's funny. Vogman had him in our kind of sleeper wide receiver. I took the other side on Van Jefferson. I mean, both plays just make sense. We'll see whoever whoever jumps in. I mean, they make sense from a like opportunity standpoint. I don't know from an actual production standpoint because, you know, it's the Rams and Stafford's still the quarterback and, you know, they're the Rams. So, uh, Jake, who do you have on your week 11 wide receivers? Who are you going with? Your start and your dart. I start my dart. So start. I'm going back to Josh Palmer. I know last week was the DeAndre Carter game. Which, by the way, can I randomly throw out the fact there's like four for four on my starts and darts last week? I just, yeah, boom. just gonna, boom, toss that out there. <laughs> DeAndre, well, no, because DeAndre Carter was there. And I, if you go back to the matchup for what you're looking for more outside wide receivers, this is, this is Josh Palmer, whether or not Keenan Allen plays. And so Josh Palmer over DeAndre Carter this week for the matchup. Uh, wrote that up here in the column as well, if anyone wants to go deeper than that. But the Chiefs allowed double-digit scores to a wideout in every game this year, except for the Malik Willis-Titans game. And so that's where I'm looking at. The dart, man, Baker Mayfield's back at quarterback. So DJ Moore 
is now a dart. Like this is just a Hail Mary. This is why he's a Hail Mary play. I I think DJ Moore is potentially droppable with Baker Mayfield, but here's the only upside. In every single game, the Ravens have allowed nine plus targets to a wide receiver. They've given up at least 8.5 fantasy points, usually for an average of 12 targets, 114 yards. I don't expect that to happen with Baker, but if he can get nine targets going DJ Moore's way, we're going to get a startable performance, top 25, top 30. But again, that hinges on Baker Mayfield at least getting nine targets his way, which that might be asking too much. What a roller coaster DJ Moore has had too this year. Like we've had guys that have kind of come up and then just had the total tank down, like Elijah Moore. Garrett Wilson's kind of had an up and down, but DJ Moore, it's been like every two weeks, we're like, oh, is, we might be back. And then it's like, nope, Baker Mayfield comes in here, ruins it all. I'm kind of with you. I know there's some people that kind of feel different that Baker might try to buck the trend and might try to just throw nothing to but DJ Moore. I just don't know how it gets um, it gets going again. And there's some rumblings out there that people in the organization and uh, teammates want Sam Darnold to get an opportunity. So anything's better than Baker at this point. And uh, let's just free DJ Moore. That's all. DJ Walker. That's what DJ Walker is better than, than <laughs> Baker. I tell you, this what, is like the Washington. Kinda, like, this is like the Washington <laughs> situation, but them making the wrong call. Washington yeah. making the right do we, call. Do we, do we give any credit to DJ Moore for not demanding a trade this year? Oh like, my gosh. With the, 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 <laughs> the, the, what, you know, the Devo wide receiver mentality that goes out there. That guy is a saint. That guy is a saint for, look at Elijah Moore. He had like two, like one week where he didn't get targets. And he's like, I got to get out of here. DJ Moore continues to go out there. That guy is a saint. He, they should make an award for him. They should make a new <laughs> NFL award for players like that. The ultimate teammate award. I completely agree because that guy behind the scenes just has to be losing it. Absolutely. Because he's losing money. He's losing money left and right off of these guys. Um, who's got you thinking twice, Brandon? Who's got you thinking twice? It could be a player. It could be a team. It can be a situation. It could be a fantasy specific related roster construction type of thing. Whatever. It could be anything. I, I think, I, I think, I think I'm just going to throw out the number one think twice player right now is DeAndre Swift. We mentioned him a little bit earlier. It's it's like this is a guy who is averaging 30 plus yards per game over the last three games. He's ranked on ECR at RB 27. Tyler Algier, who has like twice the touches of him over the last three weeks, is, was like ECR 35. There's a bunch of guys below DeAndre Swift. They're getting a lot more work. That are getting a lot more production. If DeAndre Swift hadn't found the end zone in two of those three games, he'd be a big fat nothing in fantasy right now. But uh, he did find the end zone. He keeps bubbling up. So it's like, okay, but what if this is one of those games where he doesn't find the end zone? By the way, he's also number one among running backs in in yards per touch. Better than Brees Hall was, better than Tony Pollard and Travis Etienne. He was number one. He's averaging 7.1 yards per touch. Why aren't they using this guy more? If he's healthy over the last three weeks, you can't say that like he's only healthy enough to, to touch the ball eight to ten times. That's, that's just really weird. There's something weird going on there. But this guy needs to be more involved. But, he, but until he is, I mean, you got to keep thinking twice. <laughs> I think he's been one of the biggest question marks as far as running backs go. Like Jake, I feel like we talked about this last week when you're looking at DeAndre Swift, there's got to be a question every week when you start him, unless you have no other options. If you've got nothing, you just do what you do. But if you have any serviceable options, I mean, this week you have guys like Deontay Foreman, Isaiah Pacheco, Devin Singletary all over 
him right now. And DeAndre Swift is not a must start because we don't know what the hell's going on with the touches, right? Yeah, and that's the biggest thing. And I'll even say this. Uh, you just mentioned the one I didn't finish this in the sheet, but that's the one name that I'm also concerned about. Uh, I, I am concerned about DeAndre Swift. I, I saw a lot of people who are too as well in the comments asking if it's time to drop him. There's no way I'm dropping DeAndre Swift. Wow. You know, just the talent alone. And if even if he stays what he's been doing, let's just say this is who he is now. Like all of a sudden he's only getting five to 10 touches per week. If something happens to Jamal Williams, you're going to want DeAndre Swift over Jalen Warren. If something happens to Najee Harris, you're going to want DeAndre Swift over all these other options that like Samaje Pirine. So that's the reason I'm also not dropping him. I, had, I have concerns for Swift. I also have concerns for Foreman. I know I just mentioned it a couple times. Um, and my concern last week was that that game script wasn't going to go. I wasn't expecting Carolina to kind of just like roll through that game. This is now the Baltimore Ravens. This is now to go back to DJ Moore. Part of it is I do think Baker's going to be forced to pass because it's the Ravens. The Ravens defense has been playing much better. The one vulnerability they do have is still some passing game vulnerability, but the run game is a concern. And if Foreman isn't the pass catching option, this has been my long-term concern when Hubbard was back. I'm just worried that Foreman doesn't get close to 18 or 20 touches in this game. Brandon, let me ask you this. Who do you have more trust in this week? DeAndre Swift or Eli Mitchell? Eli Mitchell, because I feel like there is at, at the lowest a 12 touch upside with him. Um, so, yeah, I mean, DeAndre Swift could literally get seven, you know, he get three, three carries and, and three catches. That could be his day. You know, I mean, that's the way it's been his day. That has wow. been his day. Yeah. So, again, like, I just think, uh, you know, I, I, Mitchell's going to probably double up his touch total. So, the way it's been Jake. going. So. Jake, That's do you think I, they're close? Eli Mitchell, Swift, do you think it's close? Because I can see your rank. I, I know who you have just, higher. Just, just, just going, this week. That's what I was, that's what, oh, for just this week, yeah. I, I think it's a close call. I mean, honestly, if you're saying the 49ers, this, the only concern where I have a little bit this one is like, is this a game the 49ers control? And what if, I mean, the Cardinals, not surprised. Like if Kyler Murray's out there and all of a sudden it's like, boom, they're taking off and going off against the 49ers defense, which necessarily don't expect. But that's the one where... We talked about on Monday that the splits and their touches when they're up and down. Uh, yeah, it's a close call. It's definitely a close call. Does your answer change if it's the rest of the season? Is it more swift or maybe more Eli? It's it's more swift because I still think there's more potential okay. to get week in and week out. You're starting swift as a top 20 running back. I think Mitchell's always going to be a risky potential RB2, even potential RB1, but you're going to get those RB3 weeks. But again, that's... Assume, I think a lot's going to be told to us in a good matchup for their run game, the Lions against the Giants run defense. If Swift doesn't do anything this week, then he might just be a pure backup at this point. Jamal Williams hasn't really been that good the last couple of weeks, and he's played the Bears and the Packers, and those haven't been great run defenses this year. And, and Jamal Williams kind of been plotting. It hasn't been that great. I know Dan Campbell loves him and for a lot of things outside of just his pure talent, but like, I don't know. I mean, you want a little bit more juice in that offense. It just it blows my mind. They're not trying to figure out how to bring down Jamal Williams' touches and pump up DeAndre's. Uh, Jake, you mentioned Foreman, so I, I'm not trying to cross here. I just want to make sure. I don't know if that was your guy who uh, you are worried yeah. about or who actually yeah. think he's twice. Yeah. That was your who's thinking twice? Okay, yeah. it was Foreman. Yeah. Okay, so per perfect transition in there. So then, Jake, how tight can you make your end this week? Because <laughs> it's uh, getting real tight lately. 
uh, it's super tight because it's young and tight is because I'm going with two yeah, two rookies here is that you can go with this week. I think the obvious one, a been top 10 tight end. It hasn't hit every single week, but Greg Dulcich at this point, by the way, Dulcich, I still struggle to say his name properly. It's just, I, I want to say like, okay, I say, Dol- I want to say Dulcich. Yeah. I want to say Dulcich. It's at, no, you can even go to the website from when he was in college. It's actually S I T C H. It's Dulcich. So what's the situation? There you go. So Dulcich, but if you're looking for the other rookie, rookie, I would actually have had him higher if not facing the 49ers, and that's Trey McBride. Uh, if people go back to after the NFL draft, Dulcich, Trey McBride, Isaiah Likely, and Kate Otten were all in a similar upside fantasy, potential tight end one tier. The problem with Likely is that he fell behind Andrews, and I'm like, well, he got screwed. <laughs> he's, he's back there. And that we had to wait for McBride and Otten for the injuries in front of him. Well, they've both now had them. So uh, I think that McBride would be in the dull sitch conversation if he was facing anybody else except for the 49ers. Brandon, how tight is that tight end going to get for you? Yeah, well, Jake was trying to take two there. And Dulcich was on my <laughs> list did. as well. Because um, you did it to me last week. <laughs> <laughs> so we can share Dulcich. I'm in, I'm in on that. Uh, I will throw out. Tyler Conklin as well, who had one catch for two yards last week, but another matchup uh, that is very good for him. And in the last time these these teams face against the Patriots, I believe he had two touchdowns and over seventy yards, um, but had a great day. That was only that was that wasn't that long ago. So I will put Conklin out there as well. By the way, on the bring up the Dulcich thing, have you guys seen the Russell Wilson uh, thing that's going on? Uh, it what was now? Uh, Tyler Plumbus was tweeted out that what he's hearing inside Denver is that Russell Wilson's sort of losing his mind and has been calling audibles from Seattle all year long. And the players don't know what the hell he's talking about. (laughs) You mean calling audibles from the Seattle playbook? Yes. Like he's been, he's been all season long and said, it's been going on for months that he is, and that Seattle noticed it in the preseason. And that was a part of, what was going on with week one, why they they had kind of what had it dialed hell? in. But yeah, it's, Russell, go check out uh, Tyler Columbus tweet. It's pretty interesting. Might be something to, I don't know if you saw this whole thing, not going to get into it, but you see the whole thing where Russell Wilson doesn't like to um, go to the bathroom a lot. He thinks it's a waste of time. He tries to lock <laughs> himself down to once a week to, you know, sit down and go to the bathroom. Like, I don't think he, uh, Broncos Nation is wanting to ride right now. He is a yeah. little loosey goosey right now. So, uh, Jake, do you I have did. a good Russell Wilson anecdote? <laughs> we uh, both have one. No. Okay, no. just making sure. Just talking about the uh, toilets and Seattle audibles, and he's just I thought he was just still mind. cooking <laughs> <laughs> with the secret sandwiches in Subway. All right, uh, friends, that is going. Oh, to be- that's what he's doing. It's the episode of South Park. He's making burgers like Cartman. Uh-oh. There you go. <laughs> Anybody knows that reference? There you go. Friends, go and check out Jake's article. Go over to The <laughs> Athletic. Uh, check it out. Make sure you guys are also paying attention not only to that, but making sure you're watching for the weather in that Buffalo game for the thunder, snow, thunder, snow. Do all that so you guys can align because you probably can't get the best advice until early in the morning. But follow these guys on Twitter at AllInKid at Brandon Funson, and you can find me at is it the Welsh? And we'll be back next week as we break down all of week 11 and that thunder snow. For Jake, Brandon, I'm the Welsh. This is the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast, and we are out of here.